this shot is incredible. Like the, right. the shipwreck sanctum. It's like, I think all the snow melted. I don't even know what the hell's going on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then time door maybe. Ah! All of this. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is currently the next MCU title in 2022. It just officially wrapped production in the past week. And now the scoopers are running wild with rumors that this film will be a celebration of Marvel's full history, including insane cameos that we could never conceive of. So will this be the MCU title that finally, finally introduces the mutants to the <gasps> MCU? Or will the Scarlet Witch kill off some of our beloved X-Men? Wanda, Wanda the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> I just, I, it was, it's been a year since WandaVision. I wanted to go back to Wanda the fuck. Hey, I missed it. I love it. This is Inside Marvel. It's our weekly Marvel reaction show talking about the latest and greatest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Eric Voss. I'm back this week with MT. Hey, MT, how you doing this week? Hey, man, I'm just thinking only and only about Multiverse of Madness because this evil Doctor Strange, like, I don't know what's going on there. And, like, I don't even know what's going on with all this Fox Mutant X-Men talk. What's going on there? We're hearing a lot. We're hearing a lot of news out there. Most of it's unconfirmed, of course, right? It's <laughs> it's No Way Home all over again. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's kind of the fun of this as we look ahead because now, unlike last year when we had a No Way Home trailer, we had, like, other stuff like What If? We had Hawkeye. We had Eternals. We had Shang-Chi to kind of distract us and keep us fed now mm -hmm. right now we are back in the middle of the desert when it comes uh. to marvel content <laughs> between now unless we get moon knight hopefully moon knight will drop sometime speaking and, and of being in the middle of the desert moon knight <laughs> yeah as of this taping we we don't know when moon knight will drop mm -hmm. this episode we're gonna break down the rumors that we've heard about multiverse of madness and after that wild year of 2021 we want to reassess what seems to be kevin feige's mutant plan uh, because he must have a plan for how he's going to introduce some mutants. Okay. And yeah, we've talked about it a lot, but I, I just want to look at like where the state of things are now after some of these titles and see if we've gotten some information about what that plan might be. But before we get to that, New Rockstars has a fun announcement we want to make. If any of our folks that follow our channel live in the Chicagoland area, we are actually doing a special live event. You can see me, it's Jessica Clemens, Tommy Bechtel, Phil Molina live in person on February 11th. We're going to do a live New Rockstars show with our wonderful friends at Rooster Teeth and the Face Jam podcast at Thalia Hall in Chicago as hey. part of the Very Normal Podcast Tour. With a crew like this, you know it's going to be a real fun, <laughs> silly time. Uh, we'll be announcing more information about it as uh, as we get closer. It's it's a few weeks away. We're still waiting to learn a, a few more pieces of information before we can announce it to you guys. Uh, but as of right now, we're very much looking forward to it. You can check the link in the video's description uh, or New Rockstar social media accounts for that ticket info. All right, but MT, what is this question that we're going to talk about today on Inside Well, Eric, Wanda the F will Multiverse of Madness introduce mutants to the MCU because that's got to be coming because we got Wanda and the multiverse and we got the X-Men in the multiverse. So what, what yes. is that going to happen? Well, what's the plan there? Yes, what is that plan? We've asked this question a lot at New Rockstars. If you've watched any of our videos, it's just it's a natural conversation point we always <laughs> come back to. But now that we are on the other side of that sprint last year that started with WandaVision and then went right into Falcon Winter Soldier, then we had a couple trailers for stuff coming out, then we had Loki, then we had Black Widow in the middle of Loki, then we had What If, and then in the middle of What If, we got some No Way Home trailer uh, content, mm -hmm. and then we got Shang-Chi, and then we had Eternals, Bless. and then Hawkeye, and then...
then No Way Home's release. <laughs> it was a crazy jam-packed year. Uh, and now, based off of all that, we have a lot more information about what Marvel's overall game plan seems to be for things like the mutants. It's been about a year later, because one year ago, in January 2021, we were just starting to see what WandaVision was going to be. Yeah. And it seemed like Marvel at that point had two paths ahead for how to introduce the mutants. One path would be the multiverse crossover path. The other one would be this, uh, what I thought would be simpler, already there path. Uh, mm -hmm. Multiverse crossover, of course, would mean bringing back the actors who played these characters in other franchises. Already there would be this kind of thing like, oh, uh, Wolverine has been in this universe the whole time. We just haven't met him yet. He's just been running around the woods of Canada. Right. And uh, and now this is the actors playing him. But he just kind of stayed out of the fights or was fighting the Infinity War fight on a different front that we didn't the see. Canada was so far away, we didn't hear about the mutants. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Or like... Storm was right there behind Giant Man in the endgame final battle. We just didn't see her. Yeah. It seems like a stretch, but like, you know, it wouldn't be that hard just to tilt the camera and revisiting this footage and, and say, oh, he was right there. Right. But um, this would probably mean to recast like the Fox X-Men, the you know, these other characters that we know. Um, now, titles like WandaVision and Loki and What If seem to be the kind of shows that might suggest a use of a multiverse crossover to bring mutants mm. from one universe into this one. And in fact, it seemed like we were getting that for a hot second with Evan Peters and WandaVision, but no, it was just <laughs> Ralph Boner. Just a boner. We all should have just assumed it was Ralph Boner, honestly. I mean, what, what were we thinking? <laughs> we should. What were we thinking, getting all excited about that? Well, I don't think our excitement was stupid, MT. I actually think that was the first step in a plan. And after mm -hmm. May 2022, we're going to look back at that and realize, nope, no, this was part of the plan. Absolutely. They knew what they were doing. And they're going to fix it in Multiverse of Madness. They have to. <laughs> well, meanwhile, when we got titles like The Falcon, The Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Hawkeye, all these Earth-based stories for the most part, these seemed like stories that might hint mutants could have already been hiding on Earth already. But also, no. You know, we did get a bit of an Ursa Major cameo in Black Widow. But I don't know if that really counts because it's just the actor who played... Yeah. Uh, the the big Russian bear in the Seventh Circle prison <laughs> saying he was Ursa Major. Uh, unless it comes out of Feige's mouth, I, I, yeah. I don't think we can count it yet. But now we're on the other side of Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm. And the next title released by Marvel is going to be Multiverse of Madness. I think Marvel is showing its cards to us. They're going to use the multiverse to do this now. There's mm. no way Marvel is going to follow No Way Home with a movie with multiverse in the title and not aim to top it with even more insane cameos. And this Multiverse of Madness trailer, I think, gives us a huge clue to this crossover with the Marvel Studios title card, which which for the first time flickers back to past eras of Marvel Studios fanfare, including the versions of the Marvel logos that were used in front of other franchise films like Sony and like the Fox Marvel films. I think that's okay. deliberate. I think it is happening. I think we're finally going to get a House of M event in the MCU. If they don't come in this movie, I guess it's fine. There's still a good movie that can be told here without the mutants, but... Look ahead at the Marvel calendar uh, for the announced movies that they have, at least through the end of 2023. The only title that really seems like a good place for mutants to be introduced is Multiverse of Madness. Now, we've made some arguments for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Some of these other titles, you could have mutant characters who pop up in them, but they would be kind of like tertiary characters, I would say or mm. off-world characters, if you're going to reintroduce your mutants in the MCU in a way that is clear to your average moviegoer, mm -hmm. Multiverse of Madness seems like the best and I would say only title 
that you can do that on a large scale. Yeah, you can announce some random Disney Plus six-episode miniseries to do that. But Marvel, this is a big deal. I think they're going to put that on the big screen when they say, here is our new way that we're doing X-Men. I think they're going to do it in this movie. And if it is in Multiverse of Madness, that would explain why they're waiting so long. Because originally, Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out in May 2021, Mm. like almost a year ago at this point. And then with all the delays, I think the way they have crafted these stories, they've done it in this intricate way so that they can't really talk about the mutants until everyone has seen Multiverse of Madness. In the same way they couldn't really talk about their future until everyone had seen Infinity War and Endgame. You know, this is another big event like that. Uh, And that would be why they haven't announced mutant uh, miniseries other than X-Men 97. I think they have all these plans in place. They're just waiting to be on the other side of that movie so they can say, okay, here is our sixth episode of this. Here's our movie of this. Here's our crossover movie, including Mm -hmm. these guys. So looking at some of the rumors that we've seen thrown around this week, they're pretty crazy. Do you think we'll see Professor X in this movie? I I did lightly hear that. And um, I I think a Professor X cameo is likely because he is the face of the X-Men. X-Men are named after him. So it would be, it would make, a lot of sense for Professor X, Patrick Stewart, just to be like, hello, uh, Wanda, time to stop being crazy, and hello, audience, remember me? Because, <laughs> like, he's the best, he's literally the father of the Fox X-Men, so, like, I cannot imagine yeah. anyone better. And, you know, Patrick Stewart, come on. And, you know, actually, no, I can say that, because that's uh, morbid. I was like, I was going to say, he's getting up there in age, so might as well grab him while you can, but I'm not going to say that, because that's not nice. Um, but, yeah. I, th- I definitely think that Patrick Stewart is the more likely cameo there. I mean, here's the deal. Like, if a year ago or so, if you were to tell me Patrick Stewart could come back, I'd be like, I don't know about that. The guy <laughs> seems done. But mm. the fact that they were to get, able to get Toby back and Andrew Garfield mm. back and all those Toby's villains, good, yeah. uh, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, uh, Jamie Foxx, Oscar mm-hmm. winner Jamie Foxx, you know, the fact that they were able to convince all these guys, but just, I assume, by throwing enough money at them and giving them a good enough story to come back. It's in, probably the money. Like, <laughs> I would say Patrick Stewart seems more game to show up and stuff to appease the fans than someone like Toby Maguire does. Toby Maguire has been kind of reclusive in his later years. But like Disney, they got the strong arm. They're able to get Hayden Christensen back and Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. Like, Only Disney got that I, juice, I think man. Compared to that, getting Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen to come back, those guys are game to show up anywhere. You They're know? just chilling like, being best that friends. Hard. Why not? They're probably together right now. We can just call them right now. <laughs> Probably playing chess somewhere on a beach, living their best lives. This is why I think it's it's very very possible at this yeah. point. The the way that they've been able to craft these legacy titles and get these legacy characters back, like yeah, why not? You're not gonna. I mean, they've spent all this time reshooting Multiverse of Madness. I think there's a reason for that. This brings us back to Evan Peters' Quicksilver. If mm. we are flashing through the multiverse, I think this gives us a great opportunity to recontextualize what Evan Peters' cameo in WandaVision really was. Because remember, mm-hmm. yes, he was revealed as an actor named Ralph Boner on his headshot in the WandaVision finale. We're all kind of like, what? It's like, oh, what? That was also his identity within the Hex reality. The mm-hmm. Hex was still up at that point. When the Hex faded, what was Evan Peters in this universe then? Who was he in Westview before the Hex went up? Um, mm. because we know in the MCU, there were characters like J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson, who were played by the same actor across them. Could there already be some kind of coincidences in this reality? Or could they just do something as simple as Wanda, when she's flickering through the multiverse, ends up in one reality where Evan Peters is playing her brother? That would, in a lot of fans' minds, fix whatever that confusion was in WandaVision and say, no, 
that was a harbinger of things to come that this guy showed up in your hex reality this guy existed somewhere in the multiverse this appearance this actor who looks this way and you're reaching unconsciously to a multiverse reality to recast your brother in a sitcom aesthetic and i think that if they have evan peters playing her brother even briefly like during a montage in multiverse of madness that would lock a lot of things in place because Evan Peters Quicksilver was established as the son of Michael Fassbender Magneto. In the MCU continuity, Wanda and Pietro have different parents that we met in WandaVision Episode Eight. But here, we would establish Fassbender to be her father as well, potentially. And, uh, and Fassbender, of course, playing a younger version of Ian McKellen when they did the, uh, the X-Men First Class sort of reboot. But they were all right. part of that same history that we saw in Days of Future Past. So this would allow us to have either Fassbender or Ian McKellen uh, in the same way that it would allow us to have McAvoy or Stewart, and we'd just be okay with both of them. And I think one cool device from uh, No Way Home is that it proved that when the multiverse is involved, you can pull characters from at any point in their lives into this reality. So mm-hmm. we did a de-aging on Willem Dafoe. Which was and super on, uh, great, Alpha by the way. Like, I can't even believe that we've mastered de-aging technology to this point. <laughs> but we also had an older uh, Tobey Maguire playing the age he is in real life now, and it was fine. We just mm-hmm. are seeing these faces again, and we don't really think too hard about it. I think they had to de-age Willem Dafoe and, and Alfred Molina because those characters died at their, at their point in their history, so they had to pull them back from, you know... 2002 2004 era so i think uh that could be a simple way that we do this i think you're gonna want a younger ian mckellen or you're gonna want a younger magneto you could have a version that's played by ian mckellen and a version that's played by fassbender but i would say you might want fassbender because i think it's really really important to keep magneto's origin at auschwitz uh intact i don't want Mm. them to tell a different version of the magneto story it's such a powerful powerful origin story uh, so you can still have him from that, you know, 1940s, 1950s, 1960s origin story as a, as a youth and then have him the age that Fassbender is right now operating actively in the MCU as Magneto. So we could get a glimpse of Ian McKellen maybe somewhere through this flickering multiverse montage. But I think Fassbender is like the perfect choice to play Magneto now in the Absolutely. MCU. So I think ultimately going forward, yeah, if we're looking back at the two paths already there or multiverse crossover, I think now the fact that they just proved they can seamlessly do a multiverse crossover just by getting these actors back and by just having the right kind of dialogue the right kind of fan service the right kind of callbacks yeah this could totally work and audiences are not going to question multiverse logic and multiverse magic that much Uh, especially if it is grounded somewhat in the comics through house of m a story that involves wanda maximoff the scarlet witch rewriting reality in ways that have mutants in or out of it um, so what do you think about this, MT? Which of these cameos do you think we're most likely to see come back from the Fox X-Men universe? I think that out of, you know, Professor X, Quicksilver, or Magneto, the most likely, of course, this has got to be Quicksilver because we already have Evan Peters in the MCU and they're already setting up the, you know, variants and all that. So we're likely to see that play out, like you said, um, get some type of satisfying ending to that in Multiverse of Badness with Wanda um, discovering uh, Evan Peters' Quicksilver. But after that, though, I would say that Professor X is definitely the most, um, again, most likely because he is the face. And having Magneto, even though Magneto is historically Wanda's father in the comics, having Magneto be like, I'm the face of the X-Men, I'm the cameo, like, it would be weird. I think that Professor X has to be the guy. Or at least uh, maybe even tease the coming of mutants to the MCU. Because I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if, 
Multiverse of Madness will usher in the MCU mutants. I think that we might get the Fox mutants um, and all those fun little, mm-hmm. all the fun people from the multiverse. But I think that something still needs to happen to the MCU proper that triggers the mutant gene in people. And I think that the Guardians 3, again, with the high evolutionary is, is likely that route. He's going to trigger something in the universe where every planet is going to become mutinized on a universal scale. So, yeah, I think Evan Peters, then Professor X, then Magneto. Yeah, I think what we might see is rather than like one event triggers it, we might get some more context of how mutants exist genealogically in this world. Mm. I was really hoping Eternals would start that conversation. It didn't. It's fine. But now it seems like, yeah, Guardians Volume 3 could be the place where it happens. It's just, I'm not really sure because James Gunn wrote that script regarding Volume 3 years ago. I don't know how much Feige brought him into which of the Fox acquisitions the Disney studio was making. (laughs) I would imagine James Gunn had his own story he wanted to tell that had its own Mm. priorities. And then maybe they could like work in a uh, through a monologue a bit like another infinity stone uh, monologue, you know, Mm. the way, but in this case, like also I am... Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know... Trying to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. (laughs) Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Used to uh, genealogically alter a species <laughs> to create hybrids, and it works better when that species already has a certain kind of gene. We shall call this the X gene. You know, hey. I don't know, but um, the X gene or Levi's, either one. <laughs> I think future titles will give us um, like context for what that means scientifically. But in terms of like the thing that introduces them, rather than it being like snap radiation or some other kind of trigger, mm-hmm. um, I think that event will be Wanda's choices in this mm-hmm. movie that uses okay. the multiverse to bring them in. But I think like, you know, we'll see some characters come back, but I don't think we're going to have those all those same actors come back i think that would force kevin feige to commit to casting director decisions that he had no say over mm-hmm. uh and in some cases he'll want to bring them in because they're perfect uh in some cases he may want to recast and it might also just be because the actor who played that doesn't want to return i would imagine mm-hmm. hugh jackman is such like a game friendly guy like He's i such a good i can't imagine he would balk at saying uh, playing wolverine through some kind of limited cameo uh, throughout this movie. I mean, there was some, he teased something with some type of collaboration with Kevin Feige a couple months ago or something like that on Instagram, yeah. was it? So who knows how that's yeah. going to come to fruition, but yeah. It's something about these these mu- musical theater dudes, right? Like, if, you, <laughs> if you're a stage actor, you understand the importance of collaboration. Look, this is all in my head because I just finished Station Eleven, and it's like my favorite show I think I've ever seen. And like, it is such a triumph for theater nerds if you watch it. Like, it just it, the whole theme of the show. There's so many deeper themes to it, but one theme that I took away from it is 
the power and the magic of Shakespeare and how that can bring us together and solve all of life's problems in some crazy way. So whenever I see uh, Hugh Jackman during like a curtain call for one of the shows right now, well, I think they had to suspend the pr- uh, productions of it, but um, he did, uh, he's doing Music Man right now. Mm. And like, he's so sweet during these curtain calls and celebrating the rest of the cast. One of the understudies had to fill in for a role last minute and he like let her take his own, uh, take her own curtain call. Um, So like this is, and he watched him backstage when they were doing production for the greatest showman and how like much he loves the cast, like the whole ensemble. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who celebrates the ensemble. And if they could say, look, Hugh Jackman, here's your chance to like be part of the celebration. He's going to be like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be the next one. He'll be oh, the greatest. 100%. Uh, it'll be the greatest show. But he, um, <laughs> but I think ultimately they'll. I think Hugh Jackman would agree with this. You need a new Wolverine in this universe, mm-hmm. and I think he might be an example of you know the way that like fans can have multiple iterations of a character in their mind at the same time. We can still mm-hmm. love Andrew uh, and Toby and Tom Holland all equally in our heads. We can still love the history of the Wolverine played by Hugh Jackman. And then uh, we cast some new unknown. But I think, I guess the question I have for you, MT, the the new person that they bring in to play Wolverine, would you need uh, this actor to be like a young actor who you've seen in other stuff? Like, I'll give you the example of like Lucas Hedges, this kid from Manchester by the Sea. He's really good. He's like a kid who's like of the generation of uh, Chalamet. And he's probably, I would the say, youths. the best actor of, of that generation. Yeah. Uh, three billboards. Uh, he's in Lady Bird. He's, he's really, really good. Would you need to see someone who you kind of already are hoping gets to be a, a Hollywood leading man? Or complete unknown the way Hugh Jackman was when they cast him as Wolverine in the late 90s. He was literally unknown um, for the most part. Um, and he was so small, which is so weird to see like now. But I think for me, well, in my opinion, having a bigger name actor only really benefits Disney and Marvel Studios because it really doesn't matter to me as long as the actor can do the job. So like big name unknown, I don't care as long. I mean, personally, I would rather have a short man as Wolverine to match the comics. But other than that, I don't care who you get. I trust Sarah Haley Finn with my life. She could cast my yeah. family if she would like. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think she I, she, she got this 100%. I would personally would rather a lesser known actor because the contract tends to be smaller. So, like, they have more of an opportunity just to come back and have a lengthier contract. So we can keep them longer. Spoken like yeah. a true studio head. I know. MT. I'm just so selfish. You can pay them less and get more out of them, baby. You're never going Big anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we own you. Um, yeah, I like. I, I'm going back to like phase one and phase two when they cast these new actors. Uh, like we knew who Chris Evans was. He had mm. played a Marvel superhero before. He had been mm. a star of a bunch of movies with Scarlett Johansson, so it kind of made sense. But Chris Hemsworth, I don't remember seeing in a ton of stuff. Before he was announced as Thor, oh, um, I remember it, reading an article a couple of weeks ago, like about Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth when they, uh, when they were first cast as Thor in Thor, and they were like, "Oh, two unknowns! Like Marvel risks it all with two unknowns." I'm like, "Really, risks it all?" It's so weird looking back at it now. Like these are two staples of the MCU, and then now we've seen it in later years. Um, Simu Liu playing Shang Chi mm-hmm. uh, when they initially cast Chadwick Boseman as as Black Panther. Like, mm-hmm. all these choices paid off for them, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And we we just immediately trust these these great performers to do these roles. So, uh, yeah, I, I think um, whatever direction they want to do, if they want to go for an unknown, I, I, I think fans would accept that, as long as the person's game for 
for the role and and, and ready to commit to it because it is a huge physical commitment to play these roles. I, I can definitely see Marvel like in a Secret Wars scenario having um, Hugh Jackman Wolverine team up with whatever next Wolverine that they're bringing just so like they can help the audience accept this new Wolverine because I feel like Wolverine yeah. is going to be a really hard role to recast. So if you have them team up and then have that new Wolverine branch off from there. I think that's a good way to sort of just handhold your audience and be like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, uh, old Wolverine approved, so it's fine. <laughs> that I could imagine happening. Like, we we introduce the idea of mutants coming in from the multiverse through mm -hmm. Quicksilver, through Professor X, through Magneto, but they punt on Wolverine and some mm -hmm. of the more popular X-Men names that we know into other titles like Secret Wars. But it gives us something to look forward to. I mean, we already have a ton to look forward to with Secret Wars. They love dangling the carrot, man. I don't need all my mutant questions answered in Multiverse of Madness. Just like give us some kind of mm -hmm. direction of, of who's gonna- Show us a little ankle, Kevin. Not. We need some ankle, some leg. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, we are going to talk a lot more about this movie, but first, the staff at New Rockstars can sometimes be night owls staying up late to finish a video or watch one of these midnight episode drops on Disney+. Plus. But when we go to sleep, we want it to be on a great mattress, a Helix mattress. Helix Sleep is a sleep quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress. I love it. The quit... The quiz matched me to a medium firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash inside marble. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marble. We also want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. We're pretty confident in our theories here on Inside Marvel and Confidence can take you pretty far in life and in the bedroom, and that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can plan ahead or be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, BlueChew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code MARVEL at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code code marvel to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we thank bluechew for sponsoring this show all right mta i want to ask you the event of multiverse of madness based off of what we know from the trailer from other things how tied how connected do you think multiverse of madness will be to wandavision oh super connected i think that wandavision is going to be like the cornerstone of what is happening in Multiverse of Madness. We've seen from the trailers that Chaos Energy seems to be the name of the game. And it seems like, from, from what I'm guessing, Defender Strange's clothes. We see Defender Strange and the action figures and stuff wearing all red. And that gives me the vibe of like, maybe this is evil Doctor Strange who has messed around with a lot of chaos magic and is wearing a lot of red mm. darkness like Wanda does. Like this is the chaos, you know, sort of like a Scarlet Wizard in a way. So I think that the Darkhold in particular, the Darkhold and Chaos Magic front stage and center in um, WandaVision are going to be extremely important in Multiverse of Madness as the Darkhold is probably what drives evil Doctor Strange to uh, make things go out of hand. So yeah, I think that yeah. Um, this Multiverse of Madness will get a lot of people who haven't seen WandaVision 
to just go back and be like, all right, now I'm curious as to how all of this went down. I, I think you're right, MT. I think those of us who were glued to WandaVision, pouring through every detail, are going to get a lot out of this movie. And it's going to be the big screen payoff to oh, a lot yeah. of our burning questions, a lot of our theories that we had during WandaVision. For people who might not have checked out WandaVision, I don't know who you are, first of all, because Seriously? WandaVision was a title that brought in a lot of non-fans to the fold of Marvel. Mm -hmm. But um, I assume there are many of you out there. I think they will find watching WandaVision to be just a delightful mm -hmm. experience in all kinds of ways, whether you just love classic television. I don't know if it's going to be required viewing, though. I think other than the references because i think for like the people who go see infinity war on the third weekend right like mm -hmm. do they need to have seen every marvel title to get what's going on in that movie no they should because they'll they'll better appreciate movies like infinity war and endgame in the same way that you'll better appreciate no way home if you've seen every spider-man live action movie that came out beforehand but you could just walk into spider-man no way home maybe having seen the first toby mcguire movie maybe having read an article saying that they were recasting it as Andrew Garfield <laughs> and that they later recast it as Tom Holland. And you'll still pretty much like that movie because they designed them in ways to be super accessible. Um, but they have these little lines in here that are thrown in for fans who know the references. So I think ultimately Multiverse of Madness is going to give us enough context by things like I'm not here to talk about Westview, but the fact that Wanda and Strange are fighting over the Darkhold I think mm -hmm. it's going to be crucial and critical. Going back after you've seen Multiverse of Madness to watch WandaVision is going to be an even more delightful experience. Oh, absolutely. Because you're just going to see how Wanda got to this point. She can already bridge through the threshold of media to pull into other franchises. I just don't know how meta they're going to get with it. Like if, you know, the Fox X-Men continuity is something that exists in another, like, franchise like a whole other timeline of the multiverse or will be something that like kind of existed through a televised medium that was already within the mcu mm -hmm. because if you do these tommy westfall connections you can already start to connect like well this actor was in a movie with this actor well the brady bunch exists in a reality where this character this actor went on to work with that other actor brian cranston was in on the tv in that episode of wandavision so does that mean want uh, brian cranston can't play a villain now in the mcu <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I think we're overthinking it at that point. <laughs> I would love to see Brian Cranston in the MCU. That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. How tied do you think Multiverse of Madness will be to Infinity War and Endgame? Because mm. in this trailer that we just watched, there was that little line where like, he says it was the only way, reminding mm. us of him uh, looking ahead at the 14 million different futures and making this decision. Do you think this movie will be a direct consequence of Strange's choices? Or will it be something that, like, you and I, when we watch it, we kind of infer that, oh, because he did these things in Infinity War. Is he going to mention Thanos? I guess that's my question. Mm. How much is Thanos going to be part of this story? I think that, yeah, Infinity War and Endgame are going to be the main events that sort of trigger all of these holes opening in reality. And because, like, when you mess with gravity in the MCU, weird wormholes start to open up. We saw it in Doctor Strange 1 in a small way when Doctor Strange messes with the book and when he's messing with the time stone and Mordor was like yo if you mess with the time stone you are going to cause time loops um spatial disruptions temporal all that. anomalies yeah, yeah. All, temporal anomalies all that stuff so we're seeing what Mordo said in action so what Doctor Strange did in, in Infinity War he used the time stone to look at all those realities which he probably shouldn't have done and then Thanos used the time stone to 
you know, take everybody out and Hulk used it to bring everybody back. So that's a really a lot of misuses of this really crucial part of reality. So, of course, the glitches in the Matrix are coming up and all these holes are opening up. So Infinity War and Endgame are the start launching points to everything that is happening in this movie. So, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of yeah. references. I, I just find it interesting how much Phase 4 already seems to still be reminding us of the consequences of the Infinity Stone saga, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I don't think they're fully done with what happened there. All these things are kind of interconnected in the same way that like, you know, in Civil War, we were dealing with the consequences of Age of Ultron in, mm-hmm. in the first Avengers film. They love to make this all part of like a shared history with lots of historical consequences. They mentioned the snap and Thanos in Eternals. But I, I'm wondering, do you think Multiverse of Madness will use the term absolute point to define mm. the snap? Do we think the snap in the context of this reality was an absolute point that Strange found a very clever way of bypassing. I think that if they are, if they introduce that concept in that what if episode four and the Doctor Strange episode, then we're definitely most likely going to hear it again in Multiverse of Madness because that same episode introduced the concept of an evil Doctor Strange. I mean, they did say, the producers of What If did say that like absolute point was their lexicon that they came up with for that show. And had they known of what was going to happen in Loki, they probably would have used a term like nexus Nexus. point or something Mm. like that. But nexus point is kind of the opposite of an absolute point. A nexus point is where things branch off and they do, but an absolute point is something to where nothing can be branched off of it or past it you can't go around it it it, it, all the branches lead to this absolute point no matter what Mm. you do christine palmer's death was an absolute point in that episode Mm. but in the mcu that was not the case at least back in 2016 but do you think Mm. that christine palmer's death will be treated as an absolute point in multiverse of madness we see her in her wedding day but do we think that will lead to some kind of tragic event where she dies constantly constantly and that is just something that strange has to deal with also in this movie i hope not because that sort of gets into fridging territory and like i feel like christine palmer in the first movie she was great but like i really wanted more from that character rather than being just like i'm just supporting you like emotionally so, like, for her just to be used as a device, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kill you over and over again. I wouldn't be a huge fan. I'd be fine with it. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, this is the worst. But I would rather Christine Palmer be more than that. However, Doctor Strange is very vulnerable when it comes to matters of Christine Palmer. So for her to, you know, die is something that he, as we saw in, episode, in What If Episode 4, he just can't handle that. So it would make sense for the absolute point to be introduced in that way much like it was in What If, for sure. See, I need to do more um, reading on what exactly the... Con- I'm, I'm familiar with the concept of fridging, and I have the same kind of, like, ugh, reaction to when movies do that as well. Um, yeah. That's where they just essentially bring a woman into a story and then put her in a fridge, a metaphorical fridge, and mm-hmm. just she's just there to die, to motivate yeah. the hero, and she's given no real characterization other than that. But I honestly don't have a problem with through this multiverse logic of a film and that that what if episode, if you do kill off the character of Christine Palmer, if, if through the logic of the movie, through the multiverse, we're able to extract her from that scenario and still Mm. give the character agency and a proper storyline and character development. Um, But if you say that she was destined to die, I don't think there's nothing wrong with having a character who was just destined to die and seeing a character try tragically 
to avoid that. <laughs> so long as you structurally in the film, you still, you still give that character a history and Ooh, a future um, so that they can like grow and change and do other things, you know, in the story. But I also wonder if like someone more educated than me and Fridgey might say, well, you're still creating a scenario where we're first forced to watch a woman violently die over and over again. And mm. what does that do to our brains? If we just kind of reinforce this repeated yeah. violence over and over again, that's kind of effed up in another way. Um, yeah. I don't need to see another montage of Christine Palmer dying. But uh, it was I really like that episode of What If in episode Super four. Good. They have a problem with the way it was shown there. But um, but yeah, I think we do get to see Christine Palmer. It looks like join Doctor Strange on a multiversal trip alongside America Chavez. So I, I think she's going to be doing a lot more in this movie. To your uh, thing about absolute points and nexus points, I think that what Marvel Studios might end up doing is what they you know, sort of do with like the wizards and the science people in the MCU. It's like the wizards have their own terms and the science people have their own terms. So, like, the TVA is more mm -hmm. science-y, so Nexus Point might be the same thing that Absolute Point is that the Wizards just call it. So, it's just, like, it's the same name, just like the Wizards call energy magic. It's the same difference, yeah. but it's just, like, different words, I guess. But I would prefer if, like, they can just start to line all that up and make it clear, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it, if it, when you say something is an Absolute Point, or an Infinity Stone should be an Infinity Stone... <laughs> <laughs> uh, across time like we should all have some kind of sense of order i understand that's really hard to do that is asking a lot from kevin feige when they're trying to preserve story integrity they're trying to give director independence uh mm -hmm. they're trying to make all these stories unique in their own way uh they don't want to spoil things that are happening in the future so far they've done a pretty damn good job um but when i hear things like a showrunner on one show saying oh well they just you know, we weren't able to see all the notes of what they're doing on Loki. We would have called it Nexus Points otherwise. Then I'm kind of like, you really can't. That's an episode one of Loki just to define what um, a Nexus branch is or a Nexus event is. I don't think it would have ruined anything. It would have helped. What if it might have been like the Loki writers didn't come with that yet. But I think the Loki writers were already writing that show. I think this was just a point where they didn't see everything that they were doing decisions weren't made yet whatever i'm i'm complaining about something that isn't that big of a deal i don't care <laughs> i don't think you're complaining we're just assessing like we're just analyzing man it's not complaining at all yeah i'm just analyzing i honestly am okay if a nexus event is different than an absolute point in the mcu mm. i prefer if an absolute point is something completely different than a nexus event. not not me i'm gonna go into a deep rage eric <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. Um, we're going to be back every week talking whatever the biggest Marvel question is for us at the, st at the start of every week. Uh, when Moon Knight comes back, this, mm. this show will turn back into a Moon Knight after show. Um, but for now, I'm just kind of enjoying like tackling some of these bigger questions with you every week, MT. I love Save! Love you, buddy. This is great. Love Marvel. Well, don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. You can follow me at EA Voss on social media. You can follow MT at Mastertainment. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. Bye-bye. <laughs>